Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for December 2nd, 2018. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Well, this morning, like just, just like every morning, uh, I don't have an alarm clock. Uh, our dogs wake me up. Easy. The Yellow Lab and Raku, our golden retriever. Usually it's easy uh, that gets me up. Raku's a sleepyhead. And uh, <clears throat> so easy would come and bother me. And uh, I look at the, <laughs> I look at the clock and, uh, uh if it's before five o'clock, I say, "Oh, too early. You gotta wait. Go lie down." <laughs> and usually he does, and he'll wait a while. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but I was thinking about the morning routine. Every morning, there's a certain comfort there, uh, and. Uh, Part of the routine is I take both dogs. They know the routine too, you know. Uh, So we, well, now it's getting cooler, so I put my jacket on and we go get the newspaper, which is delivered to uh, the head of our driveway. And it's a long driveway. It's a gravel driveway, maybe about 300 feet to Margaret Road and from our house. And uh, so it's, I walk there, get the newspaper, walk back, and then I feed the dogs. Um, this morning, well, now that it's, you know, <laughs> wintertime and uh, it's darker in the morning, okay? Around in our place, uh, sun, sunrise is around 7, and um, five o'clock, five after five o'clock, I know the papers there. If I want to get up before then, okay, 
but get up and go through different routines and then take the dogs out, go get the paper, and I'm walking back. And uh, moon. sometimes the moon's out. Sometimes I notice the stars are bright in the sky, like this morning. And I said, oh, yeah, I wonder where the North Star is or the Big Dipper and things like this. Um, and so I was thinking about, oh, there's a comfort in the the morning routine. And if you if you go outside just to get the paper, but trees, feel the, the air, cold, cool air right now. In our neck of the woods, you know, sometimes a lot of times we hear roosters or coyotes and uh, and uh, you get a feeling of as soon as you leave your the four walls of a house and you go outside. They call it the big outdoors. And uh, and if you do look up and see the stars shining in the dark sky, you you know the reality of what this universe is, physical universe is like. And uh, it can give you a certain perspective. Okay. It's just another day, yeah, okay. Uh, what's going on today and what are the things you got to do and things like this, okay. But there is a perspective place or my place, an individual's place, you know, human life, planet Earth, okay, things like this. And I was reminded of a quote that I heard when I went on to a, while I was interfaith weekend uh, retreat in Minnesota on the St. John's College campus there was an interfaith organization. And uh, the host, one of the things he said, it was a tremendous quote, I thought. He said, uh, don't forget what's truly important just because you have to deal with the merely urgent. Now, I don't know where he got that, but <laughs> that's the a great uh, perspective. Okay, Just because we've got to deal with all the daily emergencies, okay, and especially, let's say, if you uh, work-related, if you're an executive or something, all kind of things happen at work, of course, okay, but even domestically, things come up. And maybe we get irritated at uh, uh, family members or something like this, okay? And we get impatient. Uh, kan, that's a Japanese word, T-A-K-K-A-N, which means a wide perspective, a philosophical perspective. Huh? Um, like you... Go up on a mountain and you could, you know, take a look around. But I think I always tell people if they if they have some kind of a uh, problem or they want to have to make a big decision or they they don't know what to do, go outside, take a walk, and reflect. Don't just 
be in a hurry to go to the store because you got to go to the store, but on the way, the journey, okay, um, don't get too task-oriented, okay, because you have to take care of the merely urgent. That it's the journey, right? <laughs> Not necessarily the destination. Okay. Because if that's all it is, then you say, well, here's the destination. Now what? Okay. So you have to get comfortable in life, I guess. I remember uh, there was a quote. So it was in a psych- psychology textbook, I think, but it was there was a quote on the margin the way the book was laid out. And it was a quote from George Bernard Shaw, one of his plays and two characters. And one character says to the other one, Oh, don't you feel at home in this world? And then the next person, and they give a little parenthesis to give the subtext. And it, and it says from the depths of his being. And he says, no, he's not comfortable being in this world being at home, uh, I think it takes a kind of a perspective, some kind of takkan, some kind of that you know what's truly important in life. You know, and uh, we have to find that kind of North Star. Okay. Well, I want to introduce our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse today, Gio Sayo. He was part of our LM3 group. And he uh, is living on our property at the Brighton Center here since beginning of September. And he's been a big help administratively, helping out with our programs. So that's very good. And I'd like to introduce Gio Sayo. Hello. Good morning. Uh, Once again, I'm thankful to be able to share a little nugget of wisdom on Life Dharma Sunday. And today I wanted to just talk a little bit about how thankful I am for this precious human life. Um, One of the teachings that I really appreciate, and it's also a meditation, is known as the four thoughts that turn the mind toward Dharma. And these are four thoughts that we focus on in our meditation to really understand why it is that we turn to the teachings, the Dharma, our teachers, our Sangha. Uh, these four thoughts are really a way to reorient ourselves towards a more positive, more constructive way of living and experiencing the teachings. The very first one is a meditation on precious human life. Uh, and the Dharma teaches us that we have these would you could say um, these freedoms and endowments, eight freedoms and and ten endowments. And when we meditate on these, we we really come to realize how blessed we are to have this human life and the ability to be able to practice the Dharma, to listen to the Dharma, you know. um, So meditating on how important, how thankful we are to have this life, to be able to hear the teachings, to be able to read the Dharma, um, to be born in a country where we're free to to listen to teachings, read the teachings, uh, share with other Sangha members and, and fellow seekers, um, you know, not 
having any sort of doubt in our mind with regards to the teaching, to have all these amazing qualities present in this in this very life just gives me nothing but cause to put my hands together and and be thankful. And I think right now as we're entering the, the holiday season, there's a lot going on, the hustle and bustle, the going to the supermarket, buying gifts, uh, going out and getting, you know, Christmas trees and light. I mean, there's so much going on that it could drive you insane, really. Um, I know a lot of my friends actually uh, hide during the holiday season because they know that it be- can become a, a very big mess. During, during these times, I like to take a moment to stop, take a deep breath, and remind myself, hey, you have this precious human life. You have this life where you can experience all these freedoms, these endowments, uh, these abilities to be able to share with others, to read, to meet fellow friends, spiritual friends, and, and spiritual guides. So it's all right. It's all good. You know, relax. And so I've been doing this meditation now for, for a few weeks just to really focus again on how precious this life is. And as I meditate on that, you know, thoughts of having to, um, uh, you know, rush to get things done just kind of subsides a little bit. You know, you're like, okay, I, I can take a little time to breathe, uh, enjoy the path. But also reminds me not to squander my time, you know, not to spend my time frivolously and sort of pursuing things that may not um, ultimately be a benefit, but instead might lead me to more, um, I guess you could say, lazy path, you know. So I still watch TV. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of science fiction, um, Doctor Who. So Sunday nights I watch Doctor Who and uh, I enjoy it. And I'm thankful that I can enjoy the show. And again, um, it all goes back to reminding myself that this is a very precious life. But also, because I have this precious life, I'm also able to see that others have a very precious life, meaning that when I look at someone else, you know, there's no room for uh, the thought of, well, this person is my enemy. You know, this person I dislike. Instead, I remind myself, well, that person also has a precious human life. And maybe they don't see it. You know, maybe they don't see it right away. Maybe I can help them to see that they have this wonderful life filled with these endowments and these blessings. Um, so it's another, it's a great, great practice of learning to work with difficult people. You know, I, I know that there are, are many things going on, for example, in, in the media with regards to politics and things like that. And uh, a lot of friends get very worked up uh, over what's happening. And I remind them, hey, you know, don't, don't get too worked up over it. You have this wonderful life. Don't waste it on these kind of thoughts. Instead, maybe use them. Use them as a teaching. Use them as an example of how you would, you know, benefit others instead of what is happening in the world today, you know. Really use this precious life um, and all its endowments to uh, the best of your ability. And that way, all things in this life become meaningful. Everything becomes part of your Dharma path and your Dharma voyage. So that's my short glimpse uh, for for today, and um, I share it with, with all of you and all you precious sentient beings out there. And in particular, I like to dedicate this uh, in honor of my partner in crime, DJ, who is turning the big 4-0 today. So I wanted to share in the, in the blessing of sharing this glimpse with him, who has always sort of uh, been there to help out whenever I, I need help, and also sometimes to remind me to just chill and enjoy life. Uh, So with that, I say thank you for listening. Until next time.
Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> As I was listening, uh, uh, certain words or thoughts give rise to associations in the listener. Huh? And um, as Sio was talking, he said, uh, you know, thinking about, well, you know, I, I couldn't help thinking that that was a nice uh, illustration of Takan that I talked about at the beginning of the show. And uh, uh, this precious life that we have, you know. And and he said, yeah, uh, we should pause about that and uh, reflect. And, it, you know, it's all good. And, you know, relax. And that word relax reminded me of a story um, of an experience I had. This is an interesting story. This was uh, when we were uh, still in the, living in the Midwest, and I was invited to participate in a panel, interfaith panel, at DePaul University uh, in Chicago. And uh, <clears throat> it was on campus. It was in a large hall, several hundred people. And uh, uh, it was sponsored by a newly formed uh, interspirituality department of DePaul University. And um, uh, there was a, uh, I guess he was a director of this program, okay? And he was a young man. Uh, uh, they're all per- on the faculty here. And uh, so he... <laughs> Before the program began, we were all kind of milling around in the front there and, um, and you know, getting to meet each other and people are coming in, getting seated. And so this man, so this uh, minister, director of this program, he said, oh, he said to me, uh, hey, any, any words of wisdom? And I had been thinking about this event. And if whoever's hosting or organizing this event, you could always tell who's in charge because they have a lot of responsibility, you know, to make sure everything's taken care of. Because sometimes if you look at their eyes, the the one that's kind of has that certain look in their eye, you know, things are hectic. Uh, And so I was going to say, I didn't think of any words of wisdom. I just was thinking about this. So I said, Oh, relax. And then I was going to tell him about, you know, uh, how you could always tell who was responsible because they have to deal, deal with all these details and stuff. Okay. But then somebody else started to talking and, and, uh, so I didn't get to expand on that social aspect of, Hey, just relax, you know? And I wouldn't have known at then the event happened and, we were talking about things, and then it was over. And I was getting ready to leave, and if he hadn't said anything to me at the, then, I would never have the story. Okay, but he came up to me and he said, "Thank you for that 
what you said, your words of wisdom are relaxed because I've been thinking that I that my job in academic aspects of spirituality and you know my own religious life, okay, uh, as clergy and so forth, it's all pushing paper around. Uh, I want to live a more organic, hands-on uh, manifestation of my my path, spiritual path. And I, you know, I said, wow, to myself, I said, you know, uh, I didn't mean that at all. Okay. But he took that word relax and he applied it to himself. Huh? And that leads to another favorite quote of mine that I, I, I don't remember exactly where I heard this, but okay. Oh, great teaching requires great listening. Because we might think, oh, I, I, I want to be moved by, you know, uh, I got to look for, I got to find a good teacher or a great teaching or, you know. Uh, it, so your attitude about, um, it reminds me also, of, okay, I'm just sparking around here on my associations, but I remember uh, another minister came to Chicago uh, Buddhist minister at the other uh, Shin Buddhist Midwest temple. And he told me a story that, because, uh, <clears throat> you know, ministers, clergy, uh, like let's take uh, Buddhist churches of America. They have, you know, a hierarchy. They got uh, a seminary and they, and they get train up ministers and the ministers serve or congregations. And the ministers may be they stay at a particular uh, temple so many years. And then for whatever reason, uh, their own or other needs or the congregation uh, has some input, they're transferred around. Now, some ministers, for whatever reason, they stay at one place a long time. But it's more typical that they stay for maybe five years or so and they get transferred around because of the whole social political atmosphere, the hierarchy of the church. And uh, this means that there's a certain dynamic to a uh, Buddhist congregation or any congregation uh, that they're being paid by the, by the church, their temple. Okay. They're employees, <laughs> but they're also the spiritual leaders and teachers. Okay. Uh, but as far as the temple members go, they're there for their whole life. And they see these ministers coming and going after so many years. Okay. So they feel, you no, know, this is my temple. And they're invested, okay, in 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 the temple. They're you know, doing all the uh organizing committees, work, you know, it's an important part to them. So uh, the Reverend he he, he was on came and he for starting at the church and uh, temple and and one of the church leaders after it was some after Sunday service came into his office and and this uh, te- temple leader said you know sensei uh, I'm in charge of religious education and this kind of stuff and um, uh, you should work on your sermons your your dharma talks you know 
to make them more impactful. And uh, the minister said, "Oh, gee, well, uh, what did you, what did you get from my Dharma talk this morning?" Okay, and she said, "Nothing, absolutely nothing." That's what I'm talking about. You gotta, you know, really prepare more. Okay, and there he is. He said, "Well, you know, if you, it depends on." Great teaching requires great listening. Okay, now even though we could analyze this situation in terms of what well, she has a uh, an office, a, a duty, a responsibility to the temple in terms of being a director of religious education or something like this, so she's talking in that sense. But if you don't have great listening, it doesn't matter what kind of talk uh, is given. Sunday service, you know, and um, so I somehow I was thinking that it's not so much uh, looking around for some external thing, okay. And again, hey, here, another association popped in my mind. This this is a story about Tok San's candle. And uh, Toksan was a Buddhist monk in, in, in Japan, and he was, as many uh, monks did, he traveled around to different temples and, you know, on his pilgrimage, sort of. And he was visiting with uh, Rokan, and uh, who was a Toksan. He he was studying Buddhism. I mean, and he, but he he had a lot of manuscripts and books and stuff, and you know, he, he, he didn't take the next step. Maybe he didn't know how. But he, so he's talking to Dharma and everything to the teacher in a private interview, and they talked late into the night. And then he said, okay, well, it's getting late. So, uh, you know, he's going to go to his sleeping quarters, uh, his guest quarters. And and uh, Rokan, the teacher, said, oh, it's sort of dark. You know, they're right going to open the door and, the screen and he says, "Oh, it's too dark here. Why don't you take this candle?" And he lit a candle so he could see his way. Uh, and just as he was leaving with this candle, Rokan, the teacher, blew it out. Bam! Toksan was <laughs> had a significant experience. Uh, and you know, we do need candles light so we could see and we won't stumble around and and Tuxan he had a lot of candles that is he did a lot of studying he had a lot of knowledge about the Dharma but if you rely on these external things and you don't have that something in there that makes for great listening something inside you that your attitude toward you know, the subject matter, okay? Not a duality of here I am and here's the Dharma and I got to know this Dharma so I could talk about it, I could think, okay? But how do you internalize it? How do you relax so that you and the, you know, it's not a subject and object kind of thing? In other words, you need 
an internal candle. And so when the teacher blew out that candle, he said, <laughs> you know, because of his his whole karmic, what he was all about, it was just at that moment. I mean, if this happened to somebody else that wasn't a serious seeker, it wouldn't have happened, but, you know. So there's something to a good, great teaching, and there's something to at least half and half or 100%, 100% equals 100%. Of great listening. Huh? That it has to be an internal candle because if you got it only external candles, what happens when the wind blows it out? Okay. But if you have an internal candle, you're solid, man. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going and you have a wonderful day. Thank you.